Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm with Lori Dunn, the co-founder and matriarch of Dunn Vineyards on Howl Mountain in the Napa Valley. Lori, it is so lovely to have the opportunity to sit down with you today. My pleasure, too. In 1978, when Randy and you ended up purchasing 14 acres up here on Howl Mountain, how did he convince you to do that, to buy this property up here on Hal Mountain? I wouldn't say it was a convincing me. It was actually, we decided we loved the place, and um, it was a future for us with a vineyard that he had purchased a couple years prior to that. And so we had to scrape together money from the parents. And when we first moved in here, came in here, it was like a park. Lots of trees, green. It was beautiful. So he didn't really have to convince you. No. It was just so beautiful. And your first career, you were a secretary. Yes, I was. And were you a secretary at the time that you purchased this property? Yes, I was a secretary until we moved here. But I carried those secretary experiences with me here to help start up the office. What was the hardest part of starting a winery? I don't know that I have an answer. <laughs> it was all pretty hard. Working the land, as farmers do, there was never a dull moment. We were always something to haul away or fix or change. And we had two homes. One was a way station from Wells Fargo, so it was pretty old. The other one was a home, which is now our home now, but it's been remodeled. In the middle of Lake Berryessa, there was a town. And the gentleman who had this property, owned this property, took down the house that was down in the middle of the lake before the water came in, right. they, before they filled it, and he built it over here. This, this was this house that we're living in now. They relocated it? Yes. Wow. And we got a new contractor to come in and redo the whole. We left the foundation, mm -hmm. and we did the whole uh, rest of the building um, new. We used it for storage underneath. That's one of the reasons I got a new house is because we could use it for storage, wine cases. And then the other house, we did decided not to leave it a historic piece from Wells Fargo's because we didn't have enough information about it. Plus, who wants to have tours and tastings? <laughs> <laughs> who wants to have tours with people with coming to see a, a Wells Fargo station? Okay, right. So it got put into a, a house also. And then it eventually became the office. Those early days, describe those days for me. Well, Randy worked at Camus. And mm -hmm. so he worked weekdays down at Camus. He took Michael. Went, Michael went to school here at Howell Mountain Elementary. And then he took him on down to the high school at uh, St. Helena in the mornings and picked him up and brought him home. I um, ended up with about four or five horses, and I had to take care of them. We had Jennifer, and then three years later, we had Christina. So I pretty much spent time taking them to school, getting groceries, you know, the normal thing a housewife does. However, um, the house over there had no central heat or air conditioning, 
And so Michael would have to go out and chop firewood and load it up, and I would keep a fire going all day long. I learned how to drive a caterpillar so that when Randy couldn't disc the fields, I went out and disced them. I learned how to drive a forklift, so when things were delivered, I'd go out, use the forklift to, to unload trucks. I pitchforked grapes, stems into trucks and spread them out in the fields. So I mainly did whatever another hand would have to do. To make it work. Yes, to make to it make work. To make it work. Did I enjoy it? Of course. It was a, <laughs> I had blisters from punching over wine on my hands four or five times a day. So, Well, your husband was familiar with all the hard work that went oh, into yes. making, making wine, but this was kind of a new venture for you. Absolutely. Um, Michael and I learned from Randy. And you all are still a happy family today. <laughs> <laughs> We're a um, small winery that seems to... Um, have to have more help now because I don't want to work in the office. Right. I grew out of that ability. It was f- beyond me at that time. Plus, I had my hands full with volunteering at the elementary school with the girls. And I did um, other things to occupy myself. Those those first few years, was there somebody that helped um, mentor you through this process? Um because it was all brand new for you, other than Randy kind of helping you and Mike, um, was there anyone else? No, there was that no one else. You? No, no, no. Um, eventually, my parents moved out here, but moved from Iowa where I grew up. But they were not aware of any how to take care of a vineyard, or we had to learn it all from Randy. Wow. Yeah. You as a family. In 1981, got the winery bonded. Correct, yes. So that was great. In 85, yes. Randy officially left his job at, at Camus, Camus mm-hmm. and came here full time. That's correct, yes. Now you got 42 acres up here, I believe. Well, Randy says 45, but we okay. don't want to mince, mince with <laughs> Well, Randy knows best. <laughs> here or there. Um, so over the course of all this time, um, how has your role changed? Initially, you were really hands-on. I feel like you were the glue that kept everything together. Today, you're kind of taking a step back, as you should. But what did you do maybe 20 years ago? Okay, well, let me explain. 25 years ago, our first daughter died of bacterial meningitis. And that changed my whole outlook on um, wanting to be involved in the winery. I wanted to seek other things, not to forget Jennifer, but to be able to handle with grief. Randy was a pilot at that time, meaning we had our own airplane. He and I went down to Baja and found a house that we wanted to go to. He had an airstrip right by it. And we'd go down there. Uh, In the beginning, we would take our daughters with us. And then we ended up taking Mike's children, so our grandchildren, with us. And we had a whole different life down there. We wouldn't stay very long. We could only be there after harvest and maybe uh, in the beginning of the spring. It was a place where I finally found a chance to play and not work. I learned kayaking. There's a, a, quite a settlement there, 
um, Posada Conception, and it's on the Bay of Conception. And I learned um, craft work, and I learned um, bocce, and I said kayaking, and we played games. Oh, I did a lot of dancing, and um, it was painful to come back home oh. to Angwin. There's no community life here, and meaning there were no, none of At those chances. Time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would have been about 25 years ago. Or but that so. helped you work through your grief? It sure did. Yes, it did. And um, and like you said, you, there wasn't much of a community here. No. But eventually, a community formed, and you were able to move on. Yes. Um, we we ended up with a community in our own backyard. We put up a volleyball court, and then we had people come over to play volleyball. We, we learned that we did not really um, settle into the Adventist community since we were not Adventist, but we enjoyed the community with the privacy that it provided. It provided also a post office, grocery store, and hardware store, which we appreciate very much. But, um, yes, early on, it, it was nice to step away from being so responsible for a winery. Randy and I planted all the flowers and bushes, flowering bushes and everything. We had help with some of the guys that worked in our vineyard. So it became um, a beautiful, more lovely place to be. Um, as time went by. Yes. So how did you and Randy and your family make Dunn Vineyards this world-class wine? Well, I think in the beginning, I think it was in 82, we competed with some French wines and came out one of the top wines. I think, too, Randy felt that these grapes are much different than the floor grapes, and therefore the appellation is different. Yeah, and I, I read that he said mountain. The mountain really determined the style of the wine. That's correct. Mm-hmm. It's a smaller berry, and it's very. We age it at least three years in oak barrels, and so it it has its own unique flavoring. We've not been disappointed at all in it. We've added varieties. Michael has a, a, a variety of his own wine retro. So today. What is your role? Ambassador? Way back, many years, we started out having to go to New York and Washington, D.C. for um, wine tastings, and uh, we, I participated in that. And when Randy couldn't come, because if it was harvest time, I would go. So lots of times I would take a girlfriend with me, and we'd pour wine for Wine Spectator. I think that um, when I was younger, I got more involved I am now 79, and I prefer to sit back and do my own thing again. It's not quite as active, because once COVID came in, it kind of made me realize that getting out there and, and in the public was not something I wanted to do. And now I'm, you know, of course, we all got back out again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I have two more little grandchildren, which is my daughter's children, 10 and 7, and we um, spent a lot of time with them. I love to kayak yet, so we've been taking the little girls out and teaching them how to kayak. Um, I've taught them how to, oh, I'm a quilter, and I taught, I went to take quilt lessons with a group right after my daughter Jennifer died, and she taught, the woman taught me to quilt, 
and I've been doing it since then. So that's 25 years of quilting. But um, So your been, priorities have changed. Oh, definitely, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. But before we get into your personal life, I want to know, what did you enjoy most about the wine business? Well, in the beginning, the travel, because mm-hmm. we couldn't afford to, to travel. Uh, we weren't a rich family buying a winery. We were dirt poor buying a winery. And so getting out and having somebody else pay for our travel was awesome. We had, Randy became, uh, had a wine at Walla Walla, Washington, and the gentleman who owned that winery took us on many cruise ships in uh, Croatia, France, you know, that type of thing. That was very exciting for me. And what was the most challenging part of having a wine brand? A wine brand? Yeah, a wine. A winery. A winery. The work. You know, it. Um, it's wonderful to hear people come now for tours and tastings and say how much they like the wine. That's a reward after all the work. It was a challenge just to get, always be there, always be able to ship it out, send out a mailer to tell all about this year's crop, and um, the people that we've hired to help us have been a great, we couldn't have done it without them. So I'm not sure that I am the most important member of this winery. I know that I've created a lot, and I've done a lot, and I think of more experiences than most women working land, unless they're a farmer. That was uh, something brand new for you. Yes. I still find it amazing Randy convinced you to do this. (laughs) It's a validation of your love for one another, I think. That's a very nice way to put it, yes. Because I'm not sure every woman would say, okay, I'll help you develop this land, and I'll get out there and ride that tractor, and I think it's uh, it's fantastic. Well, yeah, it's different personalities. I'm uh, solid, and I prefer to be have my hands in the dirt. Hi, I'm Hema Quinn, Senior Relationship Manager in Comerica's Wine Industry Group. I've spent over 20 years helping wine artisan and business owners pursue their dreams. This means understanding what makes their winery special and determining the best path forward. Comerica's wine portfolio includes wineries like Dumal, Wente Family Estates, Klein Family Cellars, and many more. And we'd love an opportunity to work with you. To learn more about Comerica's wine services, come find us at our offices, 1000 Main Street, downtown Napa. We'll shift on to your personal life. We're sitting in your home here yes. on on the uh, Dunn Vineyards compound, as I like to call it. Okay. How would you describe your decorating style? Well, comfortable. I love colors, so I painted accent walls. I hung up my quilts on the walls. I created a spot that our TV room here is our fireplace room, and this is where the little girls did their schoolwork, and we... St- Stayed in here in the winter time, and um, don't know. It just came out of me. I have no idea. I how. love the artwork on your walls. It's fantastic. I find your um, home to be very cozy. Thank you. Very Thank cozy you. and inviting. Kind of lodge. Kind of a, a, a little okay. lodgy feeling. Yeah. Right. And yes, quilts everywhere. Yes. I love it. Favorite room in the house? What would that be? I guess my sewing and quilting room. 
Okay. Uh, I also paint, so it's down there. You paint, Well, too. don't get too excited. I paint. <laughs> Teaching the little granddaughters, they're painting, too. What kind of medium do you use? Well, I started out in watercolor, mm-hmm. and then I went to acrylics. Ooh, that seems... Yeah. I tried oil, but right. it takes too long and it smells too bad, so I decided that wasn't my choice. So why, why did you deviate from watercolor? Watercolor seems nice. I went to a class down in St. Helena up Valley College, Yes, and um, the media that I chose was watercolors, and I was told after I'd been doing that for 10 years that that's the hardest paint, the hardest one you can choose. But it was enjoyable. It was soft. Yes. It, it wasn't And you bold. did it for 10 years. Yes. So you and did the I, hardest, and you, and you became proficient in it. Well, yes. And then, <laughs> and then I'm uh, a woman from the church that I was going to is an artist, and she agreed to teach me, and so she taught me the acrylics, and boy, those are fun and bright, and I like bright stuff, so that was my next choice, and I spent, I don't know how many years now, five, six years. So what are you teaching the grandkids, acrylic or watercolor? Both. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, one of the things that uh, they like doing is it's a, called a marbleizing, so it's a kit where you pour these acrylic paints on it, and you take a hair dryer and blow it, and it moves it all around. It's just fascinating. Oh. I'll show you one later. And um, so they taught me. And then, of course, they um, learned to quilt, but I had to do all the cutting of the fabric. They did the design. You put it on a design wall, and then I taught them to sew. Oh, excellent. It was a nerve-wracking deal because you don't want them to sew their fingers with a sewing machine. <laughs> oh, well, what, what about an old school needle and thread? You know, I don't do that because of my arthritic hands, but um, I, I do need to teach them that sometime. Yeah, <laughs> that might be a safer way to... Right now I've got a project of um, making pillowcases. They're fancy pillowcases. They're not little simple ones. They're all very colorful. And we give them to foster kids. Oh, that's lovely. Because that's something they can take when they leave one home to go to another. Excellent. Awesome. So when you kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to listen to? You didn't ask me that. I had to think about that. Who has time to listen to music? Um, I listen to music when I'm sewing. Or painting. You yes, could. and driving the car. Right. And I have a serious um, system. Yes. And I listen to channel 16 and 17. <laughs> what is 16 and 17? I don't know. Let's see, the Bland and the Bridge. And it's, <laughs> it's modern. Uh, no, it's um, my music from back in the 80s, maybe. Okay. Does it have lyrics? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I sing to it, too. Okay. But we don't listen to that. <laughs> Well, what are some of the artists that you are, is it like Stevie Wonder, the Go-Go's, oh, the Stevie Bee Gees? Wonder, sure. I'm uh, trying to figure out what, what genre. Cat yeah. Stevens. Oh, there you go. Gordon Lightfoot. What about Carol King? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. James Taylor. Yes. Okay. See, there you go. That's my age. Okay. I love it. Fantastic. Okay. I'm sure over the years you have done quite a bit of entertaining. I wouldn't say that it's entertaining other than just friends. Do you have a go-to recipe that's always a crowd pleaser? <laughs> it used to be um, carnitas. Mm-hmm. Randy, why I have to go to farmer's market every Friday is to get salmon. We have salmon or fish every Friday night, and that's not 
a religious thing. It's his fresh salmon that I can get at the farmer's market. Well, I love salmon on the grill. Yeah, that's what we do. And um, tacos, tacos, any leftover is put into a tortilla. Makes everybody happy. Sure does, yes. Is there anything that people might be surprised to learn about you that you haven't already told us? Have you ever skydived, rappelled down a mountain? Did you do something crazy as a kid? No, um, I was really boring. My father came back from the service and liked to go hunting, so I'd go hunting with him. And we'd go out in the grass at night, and we'd get the dewworms, big fat worms, so that we'd have something to go fishing with. When we moved here in Angwin, we stocked this little pond out here, which was called Summit Lake, and we would catch and release. And so we have we had bullfrogs out there. We went to another neighbor's house and got bullfrogs and did a you know frog's leap. Uh, we used to go to that with the girls, and we captured some bullfrogs and put them into our pond. And sometimes at night you can't go to sleep because the bullfrogs are so loud. Oh, but then the lake <laughs> dried up, so oh. we lost the fish and the bullfrogs. Oh no! Um, I did not do anything real exciting. I I did learn how to fly an airplane which scared the daylights out of me, but it was just a little one. Ours was two engines, and I didn't want to fly the two-engine one. Okay, well, that's surprising. Okay. So, I well, like that. It's it was um, adventurous. How did you and Randy ever meet? Oh, it was at entomology department. He asked me if I'd like to go flying with him. So he <laughs> took Michael and I out for a flight, and then um, he kept inviting me over for dinner all the time because Randy likes to cook, and... Uh, He'd always say, why don't you stay for Swedish pancakes for breakfast? So that's how we met. Okay. So he was persistent, and you finally said yes. I guess so. Okay. Over the course of your life, you've told me you've you've done some traveling. Mm-hmm. Is there one or two trips that stand out that are memorable or meaningful that you can share with us? I think the most exciting trips were down to the house in Baja. Mm-hmm because there was a big boat out there, and we'd go snorkeling, and we'd see the dolphins. The dolphins would race with us with the boat in a, a bay liner, and um, when I'd go kayaking, I'd see turtles right beside me or dolphins. And So those trips down there, like I said, playing down there, mm-hmm. were my favorite. When uh, was the last time you were down there? Before COVID. Well, I think it's in your near future. Yeah. I'm sure of it. You're a master gardener. Yes. What do you like to grow? Well, we put this rose garden in, in honor of Jennifer. Yes. And then we also put a garden out by our, we have a swimming pool out there. That's her garden. So I did all of this gardening until recently when I hired somebody else to do that work. It's a little difficult. And how did you get into gardening? Randy. <laughs> Randy, twist your Randy arm. did everything, you know. Right. He, um, he um, taught me how to can, make jam, and um, preserves, and stuff like that. And he also taught me how to garden. Now I get offended if he tells me, well, you need to do it this way. And oh. I say, oh, no, I don't. I can do it my way. So. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me how to do it. I've got my own system, right? Yes. Can you tell me why Dunn Vineyards places the label <laughs> at Sideways, an angle? At angles. Okay. Yes. Well, when we decided to make wine, 
Did we, Randy decide that? <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. He, he bought the vineyard first, and mm-hmm. then and then we were we were working in the vineyard on weekends, yes. And then we started making it down in the cellar, um, the wine, and he, we had to put it in a bottle. Right. So we had to decide on what color of bottle. He brought home different samples, mm-hmm. and Michael, Randy, and I would sit in that kitchen, and we'd look at the bottles, and then he wanted to do something unique, not just have the normal label. So it was his idea to lay it on angle-wise, sideways, or whatever you call it. And Mike and I liked that. We were asked to give our opinion, and we chose it. And then also he wanted to do waxing, Mm. which um, now is not what we're doing, but that was quite the um, task. Yeah, that was an endeavor. Heating up wax and dumping the bottle top in it and flicking it off and standing it up. And, and then people would say, how do you get this stuff off? Right. And Randy would say, get a candle, have romance. Melt the top of the wax off the bottle and, and then take the cork out. So, And that was that. That was that. So was I would say Randy had most of the um, ideas, most of the knowledge, and, and shared it. But he did seek your input. Opinion. Oh, yes. And maybe approval. Yeah. Yes. So that's good. He let me do this house the way I wanted. That was good. Okay. (laughs) What's important to you now? As you can guess, one of the things that are happening here is we're doing more tours and tastings, and we have more people working in the office. And so for me to have boundaries, some privacy is important, and I have to work with the staff around here to, you know, to have this. I think... I'm happy with what's going on. I'm, I'm just uh, content. It's it's a lovely spot, except when the fires happened. And then in March, when the snow took trees down, it's been a hassle to clean it all up. I do not like the fall when the winds blow strong and the hot heat is here. It just reminds me too much of the fires that we've had to escape from. Well, knock on wood. Yes, we're... We've been very fortunate this year. It's been wonderful this year so yes. far. Yes, you're right. And Randy has acquired a few fire trucks. Yes. Uh, actually, he bought eight. And um, one of them, Aaron, the gal who works in our office for us for 29 years, got the tank truck. Oh, my god. And goodness. then Brian and Christina, my daughter and her husband, Brian's a fireman over in Santa Rosa, and he's getting a fire truck. It's ready for him. And then Michael will have a fire truck. Um I don't think that I'm one of those people that can drive the fire truck or handle the hose. So I'll just sit back and watch. Maybe you could have a horn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And direct. (laughs) Our first fire truck that we got um, would be for the Alex's birthday parties. And Randy would give the boys these shooters that you use for water. And he'd get the hose out and squirt them. And then he'd give them rides up and down the street. Oh, that's fun. So the fire truck was always fun. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't a necessity back then. Well, times change, right? Uh Well, we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite flower? Okay, why don't we just make it a rose? I have several. What's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. (laughs) What's the last piece of candy you ate? It had to be chocolate. Probably some peanut... M&M's with peanuts in it or Reese's peanut butter cup or something like that. What kind of car do you drive? A Lexus. Okay. And 
And last question, what's one word that best describes you? I'm aggressive. I'm challenging. I'm happy. I I don't know. What's the best word? Strong-willed? There you go. Lori, you are a delight to me, and it has been a true pleasure. Thank you. Visit WineCountryWomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.